opportunities, new partners, EG Tax. Hey everybody, this is the tax lady from EG Tax, and this is our weekly podcast where we keep you uh, abreast of all the changes that are going on in the world of taxes and things that are that can affect your returns. So we uh, appreciate that you're part of our uh, listener. And by the way, you can go back and look at all of our podcasts that we've been doing the last couple of months, and I think you'll find it to be really, really helpful. And of course, I'm joined in studio with uh, Tiffany Fabian. Hey, Tiff. Hey there, Esther. How's your day going? My day is good. And Christopher Fabian. Hello, Esther. It was so funny. Hey, I, I think you heard when Chris was doing the radio show, somebody texted in. He's like, hello, Christopher, <laughs> to the text board. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Um, by the way, speaking of uh, the radio show, our regular radio shows heard on WBEN 930 AM on Saturdays from 3 to 4. Uh, with a live uh, phone-in feature. And uh, so if you feel like doing that, then, of course, our website is egtax.com. And if you're sitting home in the middle of the night and you have a tax question you want answered, you can go online anytime, ask the tax lady. And we're updating our website right now, right? We're making it even prettier, more easy. I think what was happening is our website was getting so bogged bogged down. You know, because you say, oh, well, we want to tell people this. Oh, we we, we want to tell people that. Oh, we want to tell. And then before you know it, you need need a a roadmap in order to get it to work. Right. I right. agree. Okay. But today we want to talk about uh, changing business entities. Now that sounds really scary, but I think we're going to break it down and make it really simple for you. And so who would even be concerned about their business entity? If uh, lots of people, a small business owner, uh, a landlord would be interested if he should have a, a an incorporation. Um, I was with somebody on Saturday and there she's a licensed medical social worker and she had questions about her business entity. So the list goes on and on. Well, and people don't think of it. Well, many times they do think of it uh, is like, oh, this is so confusing, but it really isn't. Uh, And you don't have to go into a DBA or become something uh, legal, right? If you're holding your shingle out, so to speak, you know, lawn mowing, uh, landscaping, snow removal, tutor, right? Things where it's a simple, just me by myself doing my thing. You have a business entity, whether you like it or not, right? Right. You do. Right. And it's how, what we're going to talk about is how they all get taxed and treated and what's the best for you. Yeah, right. and, and you, also protection. But you, yeah, but you also don't need to do anything legally, right? I mean, you don't have to go down to city hall or county hall and register in, in order to be considered a business entity. Because if you're making money, even if you haven't set it up legally, as far as the IRS and state of New York is concerned, and whatever state you're part of, if you should be listening from out of the area, um, you're considered either a landlord, uh, Schedule E, or self-employed, a Schedule C, right? And that's the simplest form of business entity, right? That's right. That's right. Now, um, you would have to go 
and get a tax ID number if you had employees or you had to pay sales tax and register it with the state that you live in. So there's right, but if I'm a piano tutor, right? I'm a piano tutor, right. and I come over and help you learn. And I'm it's just me by myself. And I said, well, you know, they're paying me cash. I mean, I'm not a business entity. Is that correct? You are a business entity, so it's incorrect. Right. That's right. So no matter, even if you think you're working under the table, if you're self-employed, even though you haven't done anything, registered it, you are self-employed. You're a Schedule C. Correct. And you're going to pay attention to that. Now, so that being the simplest form of business entity, you're still entitled to all the, you can reduce your income by the expenses you incur making that income, right? Yep, absolutely. So you can sort of whittle away at it and lessen uh, the income by all of, so first you have your gross and then you're going to do all your expenses and that leaves you with the net that you're going to pay tax on. And that's what you pay taxes on. Correct. Right. And so that's the first kind of business entity. Now, are you, you're entitled all your expenses. You're even entitled to an office in your home, right? If you're yeah. working out of your home and a special room that you use for, for, for the income production. But right? I, I think you start in a really good point place because there's a lot of people who think, oh, I got to go register. I got to get a tax ID number. And so I'm not no. really a business unless I. You are a business. You're right. making money. You're a business. I mean, if you're out cutting grass on a Saturday at your neighbor's house and if people are giving you 20 bucks a cut, you're self-employed. So then you get to take the gas for your lawnmowers, the cost of the lawnmower, maybe the flyers you have printed, you know, and so on. The clippers you have sharpened, the clippers that you buy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, If you uh, buy a ladder so you can climb up a tree and chop down some branches, all of that is deductible. Now, but is a Schedule C, a sole proprietor, does that protect you in, every, in, in any way? So I I chopped down the tree branch. The tree branch fell down on the person's dog, and it killed them. So That's they bad. want to see what, what can I do? Well, now you're out of luck because now you have no protection, and they can actually go after your personal assets. So that is, uh, I guess I go bankrupt wouldn't even help. So, okay. So before, so before I start my business, maybe I want to take a look at getting a level of protection, which would be what Chris? Uh, Well, you would first, I would contact my insurance person and, and see what the cost is for a million dollar policy. But if you want an umbrella of protection, you could do an LLC and keep it as a self-employed, a single owner LLC. So for tax purposes, it's still an LLC um, right. or so, self-employed so person. Sorry. LLC means what? Limited liability company, not corporation, right. company. So limited liability company. So how does one go about doing that? That sounds like it's now getting confusing. Well, you got to find a lawyer, set it up. You want to make sure it's well, do you? especially well. Do you well, really need a lawyer? I I would to make sure it's done right because, you know, if you're looking for protection, you want to make sure it's done right. Okay, but couldn't you use biz filings? You could. You could. And then yeah, you I mean, still, but I mean, you still. Biz filings uh, will help you to do it yourself if you want to do it online. Or or obviously you can use a lawyer. 
Yes. But if you did biz filings or, and then what's the other one? Um, popular website. Legal. Legal Zoom. Legal Zoom. Yeah. You can go on Legal Zoom or biz filings. Because those are, those have lawyers. You, you, those have lawyers in your back pocket, so to speak, you know? Correct. Right, so, but, so then if you become an LLC, how does that protect you? Well, wait, 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 wait. It's not that yes, simple with right. an LLC. You have to advertise. You have to advertise yourself as an LLC in, the, in a weekly paper, a daily paper, and a monthly paper saying that Bob Smith formed Bob Smith's Lawn Cutting LLC. Because if you don't do that, you're not an LLC, and there right, goes your you protection. You only have to you do have to do once. no. You have to do that for two months. Okay, but one but time. I'm just saying, you, once one, you one fulfill system, one that set. requirement, you no longer right. have to uh, do. Right, the but it's not as simple as just going to legal Zoom and well, doing I'm, that. I'm, I'm hoping I'm, legal Zoom I'm gives you mistaken, the. Chris, I think legal Zoom does it for you. I don't think so. I'm but... positive. Well, I don't know. Well, because <laughs> I've never used the legal I'm going to have to be the arbitrator between you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so if you don't want to use an attorney, if you go to LegalZoom or uh, the other uh, popular forms, you, you in order for them to say, oh, you, everybody can now know that, and you know, Bob's lawn cutting and tree branch company is now a limited liability company. You do have to do that one time advertising to say, I'm now an LLC. Okay. So assuming we do the newspaper advertising, what good does that do me? So um, now my, so now I'm an LLC and I hit the, I cut the branch and it fell down and killed the dog. Now you are an individual entity. And so that person where you hurt the dog, they can't go after your personal assets. Yay. And they could they go after your go business. After, they only go after the business assets, which is the ladder, the, the snippers, the lawnmower, right? Right. And, and and if he's got insurance, maybe the insurance will cover the loss of the dog. Exactly. The liability insurance. Okay, so that's the first kind of business asset. Am I doing okay, Chris? <laughs> You're doing wonderful. <laughs> okay. All right. So now the second kind of business entity, let's say Bob decides to take in his son. Yes. So now it's Bob. Sounds and like he's a partnership. Ah, so if you have more than one owner, okay, so if Bob hires his son, they're not a partnership, right? Correct, right. But if Bob and his son equally own the business or partially each one owns the business, then they are a partnership, right? That's right. That's exactly. And so they, but now this becomes more, this becomes more confusing because on your personal return, you're no longer just doing a Schedule C. You have to do a completely separate tax return for a partnership, right? Uh, form 1165. 1065. 1065, sorry. 65. So you would do a partnership return. Now, the what would have gone on a Schedule C with the net profit being taxed on the bottom line now, if you and your son, for instance, are partners, 50-50 partnership, and the net profit after your expenses were 20000 how does Bob and his son report this on their tax return? It depends. You have to figure out what percentage owner. If they're 50-50, then they each split that profit. 
And so they're going to get a K-1. It's going to flow over to their personal return. And that's how the proceeds would be uh, dispersed and taxed and handled. Right, Chris? Right, right. The partnership has to file its own return. That is and, now, and now they have different filing requirements, don't they? Yep, yes. That's due on March 15th because so there's right. K-1s being issued. So. A month right. before. Right. So, and it's, and it's very serious. If you have your partnership going and you think, eh, I'll do it when I do my personal return, April the 15th, how is that a problem? Well, you get hit with the penalty each month you're late, $195 per partner. So two partners means basically a $400 penalty per month. So, and the way they go by month is, a calendar month. They don't go by uh, like March 15th to April 15th is one month. So if you filed it April 15th, you're actually two months late. So you're looking $800 penalty. Yikes. Okay. So, all right. So that's a partnership return. Now, so, so if the partners didn't form a limited liability partnership, like the limited liability company, then they could be sued if they killed the neighbor's dog individually. Correct? Correct. But their solution would be to become a, a partnership, a corporation. An, an LLP, right? right? Yep. Right. So they would do a 1065, but they're an LLP. So they they would be limited liability partnership. Correct. Right, so that's the second business entity. So you would never go from a sole proprietorship to a partner unless you took on a partner. That's right. But you could go from a sole proprietorship to another business entity, which would be what? Uh, an S-corp or a corporation. Right. Now, why would somebody want to do that? Because also that um, saves you protection. And if you have employees, um, it can sell, save you some taxes because a corporation, as we learned a long time ago, a C-corp is double taxed. And an S-corp has a beautiful advantage of not being doubly taxed. Right. So so would you think normally, Chris, that a sole proprietorship that isn't a partnership would become a C-Corp or do you think they would become an S-Corp? Well, the best course of action would probably be to do the S-Corp. Um, as long as you're a U.S. citizen, you can do an S-Corp. So um, I would say, yes, doing an S-Corp would be the and, best And you thing. don't have, and, you, and an S-Corp can have, I think, how many how many members can you have in an S-Corp? Like, and still be an S-Corp. 300, I believe. I think they changed that. It was 200. I don't know if they moved it up to 500. Well, that would be, you could take in a lot of investors then. Yes. And still be an S-Corp, mm, right? right? Okay, so let's say that his little tree and lawn comp cutting business, he just becomes the hit of the neighborhood. And so now he's got tree re removal, landscaping, uh, snow removal. He's now doing uh, all the big commercial places. And so he's got to make a decision whether to become, to move his business entity from a sole proprietorship or if he was a partnership to a, um, to a, either a C-Corp or an S-Corp. Now, let's, Tiffany kind of alluded to it. What's the difference between a C-Corp and an S-Corp, and why should people listening with a C-Corp pay especially close attention? 
because of the double taxation, because the C Corp on their net profit has to pay tax. Right now, it's 21% of the net profit. Um, right. They are looking to increase that. But then, say your lawn cutting or, or tree cutting guy is a, is a C Corp. He made $50,000 net profit. That net profit gets taxed at 21%. He goes, well, that's my money. I'm taking it out of the C Corp. And he writes himself a check for that $50,000. Well, that's now a dividend to him. So he has to pay tax on that 50000 on his personal okay. return, okay. too. So you got... New York State and federal taxing him on the C Corp. And then you have on the personal side, New York and federal taxing him on the same money. Yikes. So, and, you- and, here, and then not only is it that is that true, but if he were in the fifth, let's say he had $50,000, like you said, and that was his only source of income, he'd never be in the 21% bracket on his federal return if that was an 1120s no, right correct so not only not only is he paying a flat rate of 21% on money that would have never been taxed if it was 1120s on his personal return at a much lower rate maybe as low as 10% right he's so he's paying on like an extra 11% plus he's paying taxes all over again on the dividends that's right so i just read an article uh, a couple of days ago about how Business owners that have C-Corps have no idea how much they're paying extra in taxes. As a matter of fact, in our tax school, we just had a lesson to this effect where we were showing, we're trying to show our students that if you had a C-Corp and you're paying, like Chris said, at 21%, it's presently 21% on the federal plus New York State, and then you took the dividend, then you're going to pay again if you're in the 10% bracket all over again on the net profit that you take out. But if you but if you make the election to be taxed as an 1120S, hallelujah, what happens then? Then if you then you don't pay the double taxation, you only pay the tax on your once. individual. And, and then if you take money out, that's called an owner's draw, and they don't have to pay dividends on that owner's draw. Right. So if you are somebody that's a C corporation, I mean, if you've never had this conversation with your accountant, uh, give EG Tax a call because the truth is, in our one example, I think they overpaid by like twenty five thousand dollars. Oh then, my god! Yep. Yes. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and it's so easy. You really, this is where the business entity that you're don't you know just doing the same old same old is not a good idea. Yep. And so in order to become an S Corp, you first have to start as a C Corp, just so everybody knows. And then you make an election to be treated as an S Corp. Right. 2556, right? 2553. Right. You, do, you, you do the 2553 and you make the election. That's it. It's a little form. And all, of course, all of the uh, owners of the corporation have to, has to, to sign as well. But I'm going to tell you, if you're a C Corp right now, um, especially, I, I mean, uh, if you're H, if you're General Motors, that would be different because then that you're a large uh, corporation. But if you're a small business corporation um, and you're in a, a C corp, I don't care if you've been doing this for 20 years. To make the election, 
is so easy. You do a CT6 on the state of New York and a 2553 on the federal. That's it. And now, now you save thousands and thousands. So, something of really important is if you are an S-Corp, you have to make sure you give yourself a fair salary. So there's so oh, many people out there who are S-Corps who, you know, aren't so good about abiding by that. So could you speak on that for a minute? Sure. I mean, when you're when you are the business owner and you say, well, I'm just going to take the dividends. I'm not going to take a salary. The IRS is going to be going after and is starting to go after uh, business owners to make sure they're taking a fair salary for the services that they offer, not just a dividend, because they want the FICA and the Medicaid. Right. Medicare. Right. Well, Medicare. not not to mention too. You know, people think they're they're. Oh, I'm saving all this money. I'm my net profit's a hundred thousand. My W two is only twelve thousand. I just saved eighty eight thousand dollars in self employment tax. Not really. Well, yeah, not really. But you're supposed to. But the thing too is, if that's what you're doing, and then you go to collect Social Security, your Social Security is only going to be Good based point. on that twelve thousand. So you're That's hardly right. going to have a social security check compared but, to, and you, but you certainly don't want the IRS to come to your door and say, okay, we're now allocating to you that extra $88,000 and you now owe back FICA and back Medicare because this is something very important. It's not up to you to pay yourself a little teeny salary so you can get the dividend and um, avoid paying taxes. If you're there working alone, you're a doctor by yourself, Nobody else helping you, you, the whole net profit would be subject to um, payroll taxes. Correct. Okay. So here's the thing. If you're a business uh, owner and or small business and you haven't set anything up, EG Tax is happy to help you. You can give us a call uh, on our from our website at 716-632-7886. You can go to our website, Ask the Tax Lady. We are... We actually talk to you, um, unlike many sites where they keep the phone number uh, buried. We want to help you, and um, if and EG Tax is really your friend and mentor, and will help you with your business. So don't just sit there and and like a deer with your eyes stuck in the headlights. I mean, we want to help you. Six three two seven eight eight six. If you're in Western New York, seven one six. Six three two seven eight eight six. Our website is egtx.com, and of course, uh, we do all states, uh, no matter where you are. Ca- uh, Canada as well, and um, we're here to help you. Right. Right. Yep. And don't forget, if you live in Canada or another country, your F bars are due soon. They were due. Well, they were due well, October fifteenth. Yeah, they were yeah, due. And, and well, the F bar is a whole other subject, but uh, if you got foreign income, you want to pay your F bar. Until next time, I'm Mr. Gullius, the tax lady, with Christopher Fabian, Tiffany Fabian. Have a great day. Bye bye. New friends, new opportunities, new partners. E-